Welcome to episode seven of the Life, Work, and Growth podcast. I hope you all had a great week. Hello, Lisa. How's your week been? Hey, Virginie. Been a really good week. Um, yeah, lots of uh, coaching calls this week, and um, yeah, just sort of had a bit of a reflective moment thinking about all the um, advice and opinions that I provide to other people. It's lucky to be in this position that people keep coming to me for for that sort of thing. Feels a bit strange at times. Yeah, yeah. Week. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's a that's a good uh, observation because I thought that this week we what we can talk about is the um, imposter syndrome, you know that feeling of inadequacy and self doubt, the, the 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 thought that I'm a fraud and that sooner or later someone will find out the truth. So um, uh, the imposter syndrome doesn't necessarily equate with low self esteem, though it can be. And uh, research shows that it is often also associated with perfectionism, and in particular amongst uh, women and academics. I, for one, believe that I've tricked every, everyone in believing that I did pretty well in life, though um, the reality is that no matter how hard I work and no matter how much I achieve, I still feel sometimes like a fraud. You know, I um, I still question my ability and waiting to be exposed. And I often attribute success to luck and not to ability. So, for example, I think things like, oh, I'm trilingual because I was lucky to have been exposed to three languages early on in my life. Or uh, that the reason why I was chosen for a senior uh, managerial position overseas uh, out of 200 candidates is because I was the only one uh, amongst them who can speak the foreign language. Or um, the fact that I had I have two bachelor's degrees and a master's degree is because I couldn't make up my mind what I wanted to study. So every time I had to go uh, in front of a judge, uh, when I was practicing as a lawyer, I had this dreadful thought that as soon as I open my mouth, the judges surely will think, oh, here we go again. She can't even speak English without an accent, what she is doing in my court. Um, so for those of you who listened the first episode of this podcast, or who know me, uh, my accent has been a big issue for me. And I think the reason why it is so problematic uh, is because I cannot hide it. Uh, for a very long time, I avoided all situations where I need to talk publicly. And I had this narrative in my head that every time I have to give a presentation or a speech, I'm totally freaking out uh, because of what people would think of me. And even this podcast, you know, it took me forever to go ahead with it. In my head, I had this thought that if people hear me speaking, then I will no longer be able to keep the illusion of um, perfection. Um, psychologist and also Adam Grant, you know that I'm a big fan of his. He said that he manages his imposter syndrome with the um, help of a wonderful time machine called brain and whenever he feels like he doesn't deserve to be giving big public talks he thinks back to all the times when he 
wanted to run off the stage but end up doing fine, which helps convince him that he'll be fine this time too. And looking back on the past with the benefit of perspective helps him realize this. Even if I fail, my future self will be glad I didn't fail to try. Um, I think that's what uh, got me across the line with my fear of public speaking and uh, also starting this podcast. So Lisa, I want to ask you, um, do you ever say to yourself things like, uh, I think my success is up to luck or timing or some sort of error? Or do you believe uh, the adage, uh, if I can do it, anybody can do, anybody can do it? Or do you worry that it's a matter of time before you are found out? <laughs> Good questions. <laughs> um, so I think what, um, so yes, I, I, I do resonate with some of those questions you asked. And the one that probably jumps out to me is being in a position of a coach or a trainer or someone in an advisory level, having people come to me and actually listening to what I have to say and taking board on what I have to say. Sometimes I, when I'm talking and in the conversation, I'm like, what am I, what, what's even happening here? So yeah. it's, it's a really bizarre um, yeah. feeling yeah. that can come across sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Like who, who, who am I to give that kind of advice? Uh, yeah. and, and the thing is, I don't know if it's a good news, but we're not alone. Uh, and some very big names have been afflicted with it. Um, Einstein said that the exaggerated esteem in which my life work is held makes me very ill at ease. I feel compelled to think of myself as an involuntary swindler. And Maya Angelou, she said, I have written 11 books, but each time I think, uh-oh, they're going to find out now. I run a game on everybody and they're going to find me out. So I can never dream of reaching their level of astounding fraudulence. And my fraudulence is infinitely inferior compared to theirs. So I'm a fraud at being a fraud. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, they made it crystal clear that no amount of achievement is going to convince you. So people who are a victim of this syndrome have an inability to enjoy success. We put an enormous amount of pressure on ourselves to not fail in order to avoid being found out. And the more we become successful and the more we feel pressured, as the success makes our fraud more visible. And we also think that we don't deserve success and feel that somehow others have been deceived into thinking otherwise. Uh, this really goes hand in hand with a fear of being unmasked. Uh, we think we give the impression that we are more competent than we really are. And deep inside, we believe that we lack knowledge and our expertise. So we, uh, we tend to attribute our success to luck or some external reasons and not our abilities. We say things like, oh, it, it was just, I was just lucky or it was, um, it was a fluke. Uh, often this hides the fear that um, we will not be able to succeed uh, the next time. 
So um, we we have a very hard time accepting compliments. I think you just experienced that today. Uh, <laughs> that's because again, our success is down to luck. That's what we think. Or uh, it's down to good timing or having food orders. Mm. I think it's also true that it's more prominent against women, for example. Um, you can see it in the workplace where women often go for promotions when it's way overdue, whereas men often would raise their hands before they are 100% ready. And I think that's just a trait of the male female. Females tend to um, want to have all, you know, all the ducks in a row and absolutely know everything, whereas men will just go, yeah, let's give it a go. Yeah. Um, so what can I do to overcome the imposter syndrome? Is it just telling ourselves that we are good enough or that we need to know our own values? So simply telling yourself you're good enough has all the scientific rigor of a Hallmark card. Uh, instead, we can get some clues from Albert Bandura, who coined the concept, and he is really considered the most influential living psychologist and one of the most cited of all time. In uh, Bandura's book called Self-Efficacy, the Exercise of Control, he talked about the concept of self-efficacy, which is the perceived ability to succeed at a given task. So self-efficacy is not the same as self-esteem and confidence. Self-efficacy is your belief about your ability to accomplish a specific goal where self-esteem is a judgment of personal uh, worth. So for example, my self-efficacy about my ability to eat a ton of carbs is fairly high, I would say even very high, but I don't think that makes me a good person. Though I'd argue that carbs do make me a better person, but <laughs> that's for another discussion. And confidence is um, something more generalized whereas uh, self-efficacy is task-specific. Uh, so for example, you can be a very confident person and still not have uh, self-efficacy when it comes to performing a brain surgery. Uh, and back to our example of me being the chosen one uh, amongst 200 candidates, I am confident to say that I'm aware my performance during the interview process was solid, but I just don't believe uh, that it's due to talent. Uh, do you see the difference? Yeah, I'm glad you explained that um, self-efficacy is the confidence of your ability to accomplish a specific task. So what else does uh, Bendura advocate? Inactive mastery experience. And a what? <laughs> <laughs> yep, so some really big words to say that you need to notice the system you use. So the process, you know, like when you bake a cake, we can all bake cakes, but it doesn't, but we don't all get the same results. So what you need to notice are things you do each and every time that are producing consistently good results. Uh, when you recognize that you have a system that is producing those results consistently, you have now a new why that's responsible for those solid results. So it's not luck. It's not some magic fairies doing the work while you're asleep, uh, but systems. And these systems and deliberate practice uh, don't increase luck, they increase skills. Mm, that's really interesting to think of uh, this way. 
Um, and in fact, we have a system in everything we do. We just need to consciously notice them and acknowledge them um, so that every time I have the imposter syndrome, I can then change the dialogue and that internal narrative to tell myself that no, um, it's not luck. It's because I have a system that I have control over that is producing these consistent results. Exactly. Uh, Bandura also talked about the concept of vicarious experience and in plain English, it just means watching all the talented people work. So when people with imposter syndrome look at others, uh, they uh, usually look at the wrong people. Often they either compare themselves to people who have no talent or who have great difficulty finding their way out of their house every morning. Uh, and yes, uh, this makes you feel better, but it does not convince you that you're talented. It just means that you're not an idiot. And other times, people with imposter syndrome, and I think I'm part of that pool, compare themselves to the top 1%. And this is utterly debilitating and somewhat masochist. <laughs> so instead, take a uh, Goldilocks approach. So you're not looking to compare yourself to too fast or too slow. You're looking for just right. Bandura said you'll get the best result by observing others who are your peers or slightly better than you. And this is helpful because it is inspiring because you're comparing Apple with Apple and if they can do it, and then I can do it too. So they have a system and it works and you have a system and it works. So you both get good results and your peers. So it's not luck. And you can also use the vicarious experience without the vicarious part. And it's called self-modeling. Um, just look at the good work you've done, you know, um, initiatives, initiatives you took that paid off, smart emails you've sent. I actually have a folder called smart emails that I go back from time to time just to read and admire my own style. <laughs> Great presentations that you've put together. Anything that resonates with you and make you say, hey, this is pretty good, or oh, I'm the one who did it. And when you see that people who do similar things to you do well, and a much larger group of people who, um, who do not do those things, uh, who, sorry, who do, um, who, do, who do not do those things that you do fail, you realize your system work and they are all the inferior method that you're choosing, um, sorry, that you're choosing not to use. So that means that you have control and control means that you did not succeed thanks to your luck. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I guess support and encouragement are also very important in helping fade that imposter syndrome. Definitely. And, and you could even have written that book because that's, that's the other concept that uh, Bundura explained and he called it the social persuasion. And for people who have um, imposter syndrome, we've established that simply seeing results is not enough to convince them that they have the ability. But seeing results and having others prize them sometimes does the trick. However, be mindful of these three caveats. One, if positive feedback is insincere, 
you see right through it, uh, thanks to the negative skeptical lens of uh, imposter syndrome. So it has to be a legit prize. Two, support from experts is preferable. Prize for someone who doesn't understand what you do can be easily dismissed. And that's probably one of the reasons why when my husband prizes me, I'm pretty skeptical. <laughs> and three, positive feedback about your hard work is nice, but prize uh, the ability is better. Uh, if you keep prizing for your, if you keep prizing for the hard work, it's easy to conclude that you don't have talent. And finally, finally, which is last but not least, remember that your feelings and moods matter. Not getting enough sleep, being hungry, or just having a bad day. <laughs> I know that you're you're probably smiling because that's. That was exactly the feeling I had yes uh, today because I didn't have enough sleep. So all those things can really exacerbate in the imposter feelings. Um, and unless you take the time to understand the underlying causes, you're just going to feel awful and default to blaming yourself for, be, for being a fraud. Um, remember that you have control over the this internal uh, dialogue. For example, if you are fidgety before a meeting that that physical feeling has to be interpreted you don't have to believe that it's uh, nervousness because you are a faker it could be excitement or anticipation so recognize imposter feelings when they emerge and awareness is really the first step to change so ensure you track these thoughts uh, what they are and when they emerge and it's better to have an open dialogue rather than stew um, these negative thoughts alone. And remember that all the people, even really, really successful people, experience this feeling too. So when you're in a stressful situation, you could simply pretend to be someone else. For example, if you have a, to give a, a keynote presentation and you're feeling nervous, channel someone you know who projects confidence. And that confidence will become part of who you are and reframe your feelings and you can reframe imposter syndrome and then you can reframe your life. So um, I, was, I, I think it's important to accept that you have some role in your successes or failures. There are plenty of people born with a silver spoon that still manage to uh, screw up. They are, they are giving every opportunity and never could take advantage of them. It's not all fair, but you did do something to get where you are. Uh, you said yes when you could have said no, or maybe you said no when you could have said yes. Mm, that's all so very true. Uh, we are where we are because of the choices we made. I think another thing people can do to mitigate the imposter syndrome, and we've talked about it in a previous episode, is to stop comparing yourself to that person. Uh, so like Tim Ferriss, Adam Grant, these guys have their own podcasts, but still uh, we are preparing every week for this podcast because we think we have something to offer. Absolutely. And that takes us to my next point, which is to focus on providing value. I feel like a fraud when I'm worried about myself. What will people think of me? 
And the fastest way、um, to stop feeling like a fraud is to genuinely try to help someone else. This is sometimes hard because we have thought like, what if they hate me for doing it? What if they make fun of me for trying to help? And so, I want you to think: When was the last time someone laughed at you because you tried to help them? I bet you can't find an example. C.S. Lewis said, "Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it is thinking of yourself less." And I really like that quote.、Mm, that's a really good one.、Um, also, remember that being wrong doesn't make you a fake. Don't glorify failure, but don't let it make you feel like you're not a real contender either. So reframe failure as a learning opportunity. Um, and find out the lessons and use them constructively in in the future. Is much、um, that's much more productive than telling yourself that you are an imposter. Yeah, and we got to realize that sometimes nobody knows exactly what's going on. There are a ton of people who will tell you they know the answers. These people are liars, and the the world we live in is the result of a lot of brave、uh, people failing. And、uh, succeeding once in a while, so n- nobody knows what's next. Some are willing to play ball, and some aren't.、Uh, you're not an imposter for trying something that might not work. Definitely. Also, sometimes、um, we are put in the position of expert.、Uh, when this happens, people look at you like you should know everything about a topic. The thing is that we can't know everything about a topic. Uh, if I'm in a situation where there is potential to actually be a fraud, I just say that I don't know, and believe me, people respect that much more than trying to make something up.、Um, admitting that you don't yet have the answer, but you'll find it, really goes a long way. This is very true.、Um, I think I'll just add one last thing, and I, and I struggled with it、uh, for a very long time. I used to give so much credits to credentials and titles, like. PhDs and MDs and NDs, <laughs> and I didn't、uh, understand that I need to see、um, I need to see credentials for what they are. They don't mean that much. Expert means someone decided to call themselves that. Don't measure yourself by credentials. It takes the focus away from actually doing the good things,、um, and it won't shut up the imposter syndrome for long either. So, just as a departing thought, I want you to remember when you were a baby and you try to walk and fall down every time. Ask yourself: Were you a walking imposter? Who are you to walk? And apply the same answers to these questions every time your、uh, imposter syndrome flare up. All right. Thanks, Lisa, for being here with me, and thank you for listening. See you all next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye.